You're listening to Thinking Well, a home for conversations about faith, life, and culture. Well, welcome back to Thinking Well. We've just had a conversation about education with an educator, Casey Peters. That was part one. Well, part two is going to be uh, a little bit more of a freewheeling conversation with the four of us here. Uh, And we are going to be talking about school boards. We're going to be talking about teachers, parents, and the politics of education in 2023. But before we get started, I thought we might go around the room and uh, each of us can talk about the most impacting teacher that we had uh, back in the day. I can start. Okay, Jordan, go ahead. This is Jordan. And I'm sitting in Casey's spot, so you won't get as much expertise this one. More or less just... (laughs) Nonsensical no, rants. No, the microphone's good and hot right now. Go yeah. ahead. Um, so for me, it would definitely have been first grade and Miss Ames. And she was probably, probably at that time, I mean, this was when I was in first grade, so a long time ago. <laughs> definitely like mid, maybe even late 60s. But she was just the kindest woman ever. And I think she came to my graduation party um, or reception and whatnot when I graduated. And um, yeah. She always had the little lemon drop candies, so that's where I remember those, but I hate those now, so it's not her <laughs> fault, though. So, Miss Ames, first grade. Okay, that's good. Dan, how about you? Yeah, for me, it would be fourth grade, Mr. Leria. He was Spanish. And yeah. uh, for those who listened to the last episode, this is the same teacher that had to correct me after some horrible words came out of my mouth <laughs> towards <laughs> another student. Go back and listen to the previous episode for that story. <laughs> yeah. um, but he was he was kind of kind of like a hippie. Um, well, like he he got saved in the in the Jesus People movement and um, showing at theaters today. Yeah. <laughs> and he yeah he would always bring his guitar into class and like play us <laughs> songs from from that era and like songs from the Beatles and it was just like. I guess at the time I didn't appreciate it for what it was because they were just songs on guitar. And now, like, I hear those songs later in life, and I'm like, man, this guy was jamming on some cool cuts. <laughs> and, <awesome>. Yeah. <laughs> just the fact that he would bring his guitar in and just play for us. And, and uh, yeah, it was really fun. Rachel. Well, you can't my... say your mom. I literally, the other teachers <laughs> weren't kidding. that impactful. Oh, like, snap. I mean, really, they weren't. Like, I, I think my IQ went down when I went to public okay, school. Okay, well, give so, a little background history. You I were homeschooled. I was homeschooled until eighth grade and the, uh, ninth grade. And then in ninth grade through 12th grade, I did public school and PSEO. Um, okay, so I'll do PSEO because my business teacher in PSEO, um, not the lady, she was bitter and angry but the the guy he was a really awesome business teacher and he actually gave me a passion for business so um i guess he was the most impactful besides my mom love you mom (laughs) well that's good and and it's good that you got that plug in for your mom because she is amazing Uh, i don't think she listens (laughs) mine was my sixth grade teacher mr bannock and it was also my most successful year in school. So, um, multiple I, girlfriends? <laughs> no, yes, actually, no. <laughs> anyway, is we'll that talk, how you measured success we'll in later. school? 
<laughs> not in sixth grade, in seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, okay. and twelfth. Yeah. yeah. No, but Mr. Bannock, um, he was influential in me getting straight A's. Um, actually, truth be told, I got a D plus in German. But uh, you took German in sixth grade. I did. Let's hear some. Um, you got komm, a D plus. Come doch mit in den grünen Euler. Eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, sechs, sieben, eins. Yeah, okay, whatever. That wasn't just swearing? Yeah, right. Were they still worried about... In German, everything sounds like swearing. Were they still worried about Germany taking over the world in your sixth grade? I'm sorry. So I'll tell you... I'll tell you... I'll tell you how that happened. Oh my gosh, I feel so sad now. I'm we're gonna sorry. be, we're gonna take time on this. <laughs> but too easy. I didn't understand it at the time. I was, um, you know, I have Mexican heritage. I've got Mexican cousins. I had Mexican aunts and uncles. We had cousins that came up to the United States, stayed in our house. I couldn't understand for the life of me why Golden Valley School District didn't have Spanish offered. Yes, that, that would have been like that a, makes more that sense. Been, but back then, immigration and other things weren't the thing. What was true in the sixties and seventies was the state of Minnesota was basically Germanic and French. Okay. The French element from um, Canada, and then the German uh, influence in the state, which is still true in certain communities. Right. So that's why they taught that. I didn't understand. That's why I just had to take okay. it. But I had missed sense. a year because I went to a parochial school for one year, and in that one year, uh, I fell desperately behind. So in German, I got a D plus. As you would in German class, probably but if you missed a year. <laughs> all the other classes, I got A's in, and so it was. A, but it was Mr. Bannock, and he was, he was an amazing teacher. He was encouraging, and um, at the end of the year, he actually took the time to tell me what a successful year I had had, and I had never had a year like that before, uh, or since. So I, I blame it all on him. <laughs> So that's my story. Today we're going to be talking about, um, well, it's a kind of a more political bend on things to some degree. Oh boy. Love it. <laughs> I'll gonna... see myself out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see you in a few hours. <laughs> we, yeah, but, but, but lucky for you, we've only got 55 more minutes, Dan, so it's, it's, it's going to be fine. But you know, uh, things going on in schools have been uh, all over social media in the last few years, and they've been in the news. And they've been in all kinds of conversations at home, in the church, everywhere. And I'm not entirely sure that we've really gotten to the bottom of anything. And I don't know where we're going, but I do want to talk about it today. And we've got all kinds of different uh, thoughts and directions that we could go. But one of the first things I wanted to ask the group is, given all the cultural words regarding curriculums and their content in 2023 in our schools, what do parents believe should be taught in our schools right now? Panel? German. Okay, well, that's just it. German. Chinese, probably. Yeah, we just right. save 54 minutes. Take over. It's Mandarin. <laughs> um, Rachel, what do you think? Well, I homeschool because Ooh. I am at a higher Ooh. level Ooh. than everybody else. Okay. No, just Boy. kidding. Wow. wow. She really believes that, folks. Yes. She does. Yeah. I I'm just do not. Um, what do we teach our kids? <laughs> Well, we just got Emery a little engineering box, and so he he created a disc shooter all by himself, and he loves it. So, you know, science. I I'm probably not the best person to ask because I have more of an unschooling personality, and so please explain. I teach the kids like okay, my oldest is seven, so I don't have a ton of experience, but. I teach what they want to learn. 
So, like, he's super interested in engineering and building things. Great. Let's do that. You know? Um, And obviously the basics, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic. Arithmetic. (laughs) Um, But I... I don't think there's a point to geometry if you're not going to go further into the math field because so, I've literally never used it since high school. Right. Used, so you, what, a, what shape is a stop sign? Because that's important. Because <laughs> that's geometry. That's Some is that important games. or is it important to read the, the words that say stop? Some board well, games you, you will not do well in if you don't know the shapes. Yes. Some okay, what? so shapes. Board games. Some, oh, board, board games. games. So shapes Teddy are good. Bear picnic, you need to know the shapes. Perhaps <laughs> not geometry itself. So, so, so um, it's fair to say that critical race theory, SEL, LGBTQ issues aren't invading your home. Oh, no, I teach those it, too. Oh, you teach? No. Okay, well, good. Um, yeah. No, so, I mean, a big part... <laughs> A big part of why we chose the homeschool is so that we could disciple our kids at home. And could we do that if we sent them to public school? Sure, we could do that. We would have to be a lot more intentional. But a big part of the reason is I wanted to disciple them at home. And also I've noticed that our kids learn very differently than they'd be taught in public school. And so um, I just wanted to be able to take the reins on that. And I'm able... I work from home, so I'm able to do it. So we're in a really fortunate spot where we get to have full control over their education. And we don't take money from the government, so we don't have to do what the government says. So I want to circle back because I'm, I'm, I can tell I'm going to be very interested in all the things that you're going to be talking about. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, but, Dan, how about you um, as it relates to uh, things going on in today's culture and so on and curriculums and all that stuff? Do you think that uh, what's being taught in schools is what should be taught in schools? Uh, that's a loaded question. It is. Um, I I think I said in the previous episode, my philosophy is that we're living in Babylon and I don't expect, and I know for a fact that Babylon, and I'm using that as shorthand for like culture, not just America, but just like Western culture and philosophy and just how we form our worldview. I know like that's a counter narrative to the way of Jesus. And so um, I think my approach is that I'm discipling and raising my kids and that's in conversation with what's happening in culture. So in a lot of ways, whatever is being taught in schools is actually like a good conversation starter to say, this is how the world lives. And even that is like a really broad term. I hate saying like, this is how the world lives. Cause like people are different. Like there's so many different streams and um, unique ways of viewing things. But right. those are like conversation starters, not even conversation starters. I would hope the conversation is started before the school has the conversation with my kids about some of these issues. Well, I think that's a great answer yeah. because what you're saying is is you're probably not living in fear about what may or may not actually be happening in the schools as much as you go, I know that whatever is happening, I'm, I'm you're involved and you're asking questions yeah. and you use it as opportunities to just continue teaching. Yeah, inside I would your say home. That's, that's right. I mean, sometimes like what that looks like to people looks like I don't care. <laughs> and it's not that I don't care or I'm not concerned. I am. I, it's just just realizing like this is the world we're living in and I don't have a whole lot of faith that 
it's going to align more as time goes on. Right. I actually expect it to get harder. So, like, I'm trying to disciple my kids to say, like, you're really going to be on the outside more and more as time and culture progresses, and that's okay. Like, Jesus didn't promise that we'd have a lot of allies in the world. He actually promised, like, a lot of suffering. So um, not seeking that out and not just saying, I don't care, whatever they teach my kids is fine. Like, obviously there's, like, age-appropriate things that, you know, I'd be concerned about. And, um, yeah, I could go on and on, but... um, yeah, I am vested and interested, but not fearful. That's good. Well, that's I, good. I appreciate that answer. I think that's healthy uh, in a lot of ways. Jordan, how about you? So I'm going to take a little bit of a different spin on this, just because our plan is to homeschool for now, for the future, whatever. That's the plan. But just kind of thinking back, so it's been almost 20 years since I've ever been through a school and whatnot. So yeah, I'm getting up there. Um, But to me, just looking at it now, the stuff I like wish is like, man, I wish I would have been able to like learn this somehow. It's just like basic, like not necessarily life skills, but like financing and Mm. budgets and like, what does a 401k mean? And all of that, it's like, and I think in some places it does happen now where you do have that option, but it's like just that basic idea that, okay, I have this time in my life up till I'm 18 years old, then the rest of my life is a super long time that I need to kind of figure out how that works and just kind of a basic understanding of that, just those life skills. And it's not, I don't think you can like do like a cookie cutter thing, but just be like, oh, here's what you know, you have options on on basically that type of life skill, I guess, would yeah. be interesting, mm. I think. How to be a functioning adult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And Taxes. Not this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and not, yeah, exactly. Not necessarily like morality or whatnot, but just like, okay, this is what, yeah, taxes, exactly. It's oh my like, gosh, and you would yeah. think that would be like in the interest of a nation to have a yes. bunch of people that know how right, to do that. Right. And understand that yeah. really well. No, exactly. I agree. You would think. You would think. <laughs> I just wanted to go back to, I, I just had this thought that looking back, like the role education and curriculum had on, on shaping me, I went to a Christian school and I would say like what was taught in the Christian school like wasn't the primary thing that shaped who I am today. Sure, it had an influence. It had to. I was there for eight hours a day, but I'd say more it was like family uh, in my teenage years, definitely friends. So, like, what people group I'm hanging out with, that had a profound impact in how I viewed the world. Um, and then, you know, church, youth group. So, like, I do wonder, like, sometimes if we could place too much emphasis on, on like, what schools teach. Uh, let me rephrase that. I, I, I just wonder, like, if kids are actually if the stuff they're being taught is actually sticking to them more than like what their friends are teaching them or what right. they're reading on their social media. Interactions yeah. and whatnot with people. Sure. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, that's all, very, what everyone's sharing is, is interesting to me, but for me personally, I am now asking what did I learn in school that is relevant today? And obviously. Not a, German. 
<laughs> Sorry. Actually, we um, actually Jordan, we went to Germany in 2007 on a uh, one of our trips to Ukraine, and we stopped in Germany, and it was useful. <laughs> well, that's good. I was able. I went. Oh my gosh! I know what that says. So. How funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no. Um, I was just thinking about all the other things that I never used again, and I was. I'm. I was bent to believe that probably I would never need geometry again or algebra. And I remember I it was published. I actually wrote an article once about it in some local paper, like a letter to the editor saying, I don't see why we're spending so much time on the Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> you know, it, it was so lame what I wrote. I was like, you know, what the world needs now is love. And and it was uh, <laughs> just after the uh, the peace movement and stuff like that when I did that. But there's a lot more truth to what I wrote uh, than not. Some of the, so many of the things that we focused on that I stressed over, I never used again, mm-hmm. uh, and no, don't need to. In fact, even things in geometry that might have been useful when I was in a roofing business for a short period of time, now they have um, laptops, um, programs, and so on. You put in, you just measure a couple. Di- you take pictures of a house, and it does all the work for you. Literally says, you know, this is what you need. This is how many squares of shingles you need to order, all that stuff. There's so little that, honestly, that kids are learning in school after a certain age. Once you know how to uh, add and subtract, once you know how to read, what else is there? Yeah, Critical thinking would be helpful. Well, that but would be. I think that's a parent's duty, maybe more so than school. But, well, and that's, but what but that's Casey said in the last episode was showing both sides of an issue or a problem yeah. or something. That's, if in fact that were happening. Right, right, yeah. And critical thinking skills are sorely lacking. So and I think I think um just knowing like the layout of our world and where places are would be helpful too. Just geography. I've thought about geography. So I'm I'm very much like attracted to the idea of like education following how a kid is wired and how they're bent. Right. Um and then I can sympathize too because I ask this question a lot, like, why do I need this skill? Like, we have technology that kind of fills in these gaps now. But I have thought about, like, if we went down that path more and more and then say there was, like, a solar flare that, like, knocked out all the computers, like, could we survive? Do we know, like, the basic skills to <laughs> to do some engineering stuff? And, right. like, I, I heard an interesting podcast i don't know this if this is true but um this guy was talking about he doesn't think human beings could make a pencil like a, a lead pencil for like 100 years or something if they had no if everything had to, to start over yeah, again yeah mm. like well certain human beings could yeah. honestly <laughs> what's interesting about that is is certain countries could right be- before this country could yeah. because we have ceded so much of our industry to other places. Right. So I think that statement is true, although it's probably a little bit less true in certain areas. It would have a lot to do with what countries would be successful first mm. coming out of a catastrophe like that. And some countries that are still making stuff probably would have the lead in a moment like that. Um, yeah. But would those things be of concern if a solar flare came or would be staying alive, you know, with food and baking and what cooking are we going to write and with? Just kidding. Uh, but, but would that be a concern? Yeah, like no, we would just be trying right. to survive. Yeah, so. No, we wouldn't need lead pencils. But I, I do wonder like, yeah, like what what kind of skills would be most helpful to like a 
a civilization that had to rebuild from the ground up. Identifying plants, knowing what yeah. doesn't kill you. Yeah. You know, mm. like well, that's no problem. I'll just use my phone. That doesn't oh. work anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like be, survival skills. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Oh boy. So. <laughs> So we need so not in my wheelhouse. So, con- so concluding our episode on education right. yeah. and now talking about surviving the next right. catastrophe. And therefore we need guns. Thank you very much. My, I rest my case. <laughs> right, Dan? Sure. Oh. Just kidding. Jeez. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so as it's been beat to death that um, somebody in this room ran for office recently to be on a school board. <laughs> Uh, and what was the outcome? Uh, he lost. Oh, okay. But uh, I, f- I even Sorry, forget the Dan. number now. Two hundred fifty-nine <laughs> votes. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't vote for you. I guess, Dan. <laughs> no, no, no. Dan. Kidding. Dan doesn't do that. But um, um. But given that, and given school boards and things that run schools these days, and so on, is that? Do you see school boards as having a relevant role? Given what we were just have, talking about a second ago, school boards. Um, um, parent-teacher meetings, things like that, are are we? Uh, is that is that old school? Should we just let it just go, go with the flow, and whatever happens in schools happens, and then we'll have conversations with our kids at home to kind of quote straighten them out when they get home. There needs to be accountability, part of the accountability. Mm-hmm. So, what does that look like as it relates to involvement? How do how do we hold schools accountable? I don't know because I homeschool my kids, so I pass the question off. <laughs> well, here, so I'm going to re, I'll re-ask the question like this then because I told, first of all, I admire you for doing that. I already know the fruit of it. You know, we, um, how Josiah turned out, uh, through the time that Renee, uh, sowed into him. Maybe I should put them in school. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding, Josiah. He's, just he, kidding. Josiah doesn't listen to us. So oh, I know. That's all right. Well, we'll find out. So. <laughs> um, now I forgot the question. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can speak to this a little bit because we send our kids to a charter school, but it's it's public. Publicish. Oh uh, yeah. So um yeah, I do think accountability is important in relationship and just um not even just to be like, I'm gonna hold you accountable, but to have relationship and and to know what's going on. Um, not just the facts, but who the people are. Um I I do know too like sometimes school boards hands can be tied by what is kind of over them in regards to law in the state and what's passed down from the state so right. I think um what kind of people you're electing into office like the governor and who they appoint in those positions that oversee education has kind of a a strong if not stronger impact too. Um, Cause at the end of the day, a school board doesn't get to act completely independently. Like they can just make up their own rules. So there's a right. they top have, down approach. They have. Um, and I think this is mostly true, what I'm saying. They have uh, the ability to hire and fire. They can choose who the superintendent is. They can actually uh, choose. Um, therefore, uh, what teachers are in place and what aren't to a degree. But there's no question that most of the rules that get put forth before school districts are voted on and um, passed by the government, by um, Congress, by the representatives, I should say, by the senators and then the governor. 
And so that's where a whole lot of influence lies. Yeah, that's true. What are the results of some of the uh, changes in our our schools now? Some of the, uh, do you see anything positive happening uh, from some of the uh, curriculum changes and um, technology in schools now and Chromebooks and things like that? Are kids smarter now than they were uh, 10, 20 years ago? Or are we, are we in a little bit of trouble? Well, from what I see in, um, Shops and shops. Sorry, stores, <laughs> retail, <laughs> retail, retail in the shops. I feel like we've I talked think about of this. the word. Yeah, but, the retail experience. Right, yeah. like it's just there. The they might be smart, but there's no um common sense problem thinking, oh. problem solving, okay, common yeah. sense. Um customer service Just throwing everybody <laughs> under the bus now huh? you know so so you're calling that critical you know uh, critical thinking life skills what? You, right yeah yeah <clears throat> which which again i don't I, i'm not sure that's the school's responsibility um i think it is a result of kids being on social media too much and they don't know how to interact with real people and is it that, or is it like a, a reliance on technology too? Right. I mean, that would probably be the interacting part that's missing more. Um, yeah, I guess I can't say for sure, but like, it does seem like we're maybe trending downward in that arena. If if I like take a look at united states as a whole and i'm not trying to throw any school or anything under the bus but it just does seem like okay and i don't know if it's and if it's too it's just the parents not caring or if it is what's actually being taught or if it is just we're kind of a snowflake society in some senses Mm. i guess i can't say for sure what the cause i do think kids are more concerned about things that are considered activism now so, Quote, for example, activism. right, they think it's activism, but it's really just typing a few things on the phone um, and ranting. Um, but things, I, no matter if you agree with them or not, it seems like they might possibly be more empathetic and um, they are concerned with climate change or, you know, all of these issues. And so maybe they just think, oh, those things like critically thinking and all like those things don't matter as much as like making sure that our world doesn't explode in a ball of fire or whatever they're saying these days. I don't know. I know. I know a little bit about that. I've actually, that is a conversation that we've had with Olivia recently and it has something to do with being canceled and we, and as adults, you know, we're aware of the cancel culture and how that happens and how, you know, yesterday's amazing comedian becomes tomorrow's, you know, no, he's a bad, 
Right. Bad news, we can't talk about him ever. But this is happening to kids in school, and it is social media related. But um, our daughter Olivia shared with us that there's just things that we don't uh, we don't text each other or talk about or whatever because we know that will be, um, I don't think she used the word canceled, but she used the word like that, that will be shut out, that will be, that we can't talk about that. So it's, sometimes it's not exactly an activism as much as it's a fear that mm-hmm. if I don't buy into this, it's, you'll be It'd canceled. Be as- Businesses mm-hmm. are facing this right oh, now. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. so it's just interesting. And I've been aware of that for a few years now, but, um, but seeing it uh, happen in schools, that's, that's a thing where kids are aware and it's the way that they're dealing with that. Now I can read your mind because I see everything that you post and you see everything that I'm posting. The way that they deal with it is they're careful what they post or what they don't or post learning, or what, or what they don't post. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's, that's really interesting. There's, there's probably a social element to that, that just throws gasoline on that fire. Cause I remember before all of these issues, like even in high school, like I just used to care so much about what people would think about me. And I wasn't even like the popular kid or anything. I was just, you know, like what kind of music I listen to and what clothes I wear. Like I just wanted to fit in. And so I think if that just continues in schools, not just in schools, but like that's a social development thing mm-hmm. for, for teenagers. And then to throw that activism and cancel culture or or whatever on top of that, that just makes it harder. Yeah. I mean, even you look at teenagers, parents these days and (laughs) I love the way that came out. Well, no, but like it's it's a different generation (laughs) to where like that was generation. Like they care more about that kind of stuff than my dad's generation did about being liked or you know right and so yeah i wonder if that doesn't their kids see it and they're like oh like if parents aren't careful you know like oh being liked or not making waves is more important than standing up for what you believe in standing up for what you believe in or having having strong views well and two i'm sure it's like well i get it too it's like well i don't want to be the one on the outside, you know, it's like I have friends I want to be still intermingling with. I don't want to be the one that got cast out because of one thing I said one time, you know, it's right. I get it. It's like, that's impossible to live that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. And that hasn't changed. I mean, that was, that was an issue when I was a teenager, probably right. when you were teenagers, everything is, uh, is all magnified because of social media, but still that's always been a thing mm-hmm. in schools. And, you know, we're not talking a whole lot about what role parents or educators have to play yeah. in that, but we do and they do. Well, Jordan and I were just talking <clears throat> about like how when we were like 12, 13, 14, like we knew like emergency numbers and like how to stay home alone safely and how to interact with adults and how to be on time for things, you know, <laughs> and it seems like that's like being on time is a lost art, you know, like what, what is that? Or like way, committing, I, committing fairness, to things. I got here three minutes before we started. I can say. <laughs> you right, were go. on time. It's Thank fine. You. <laughs> you know, that's a passive aggressive intervention. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so I don't know. That kind of took um, a rabbit trail, but I don't know. It's, it's definitely a different world we're living in. And again, I don't. I, I agree with Dan. I don't think it has as much to do 
with the schools as it does the parents and what we're passing off, what parents are passing off to believe that the school should teach kids and then getting angry when they teach them something different than what they believe. Perhaps. Um, But uh, I think parents have always had the assumption, even when when I was uh, a student, my parents would either, I'd get on the bus or they would drop me off at school. They had a fair assumption that I was going to learn basic skills and not come home with radical ideas to overthrow the government, necessarily, (laughs) whatever. I mean, I mean, I think that's been forever. So the question today on the table is, is, is it more so now? Are parents assuming that nothing bad's happening and something's really happening nefarious in schools? Is nothing nefarious happening in schools? Are some, you know, is the, the, uh, the trans element that has emerged in the last few years in schools, mm-hmm. is, that, is that a thing? Is that not a thing? Should we be more compassionate as a society, less compassionate? Should we even be supportive of it? Um, these, are, these are conversations that we weren't even having in schools, certainly when I was a kid. Um, off, off the air, we were talking a little bit about what that was like. Um, you know, when I was, I knew of people that had what we used to call gender dysphoria and before that we called it something else, but now those conversations are happening in the classroom, at least in some places, they're certainly Mm -hmm. happening before school boards. They are in, um, they're on agendas of school boards right now. So the question is, is that, is that different today than it was a few years ago or is everything status quo? No, it's definitely different, but maybe a bigger thing would be like all of these teachers are on TikTok and social media and their students can follow them. Like I could never request to be my teacher's friend on Facebook when I was in school. Like they'd be like, uh, no, you're not. Is <laughs> you Facebook know? even a thing though? Okay. Well, when I was in high school, yes. Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> but, mm. You um, weren't Facebook friends with your mom during homeschool? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but... I think that might possibly have more of an influence than what teachers actually say in the classroom is what teachers say on social media and their students follow them, you know? That's fascinating. That, I don't know, that might be an element. What do you think, Dan? Mm, Yeah, I think there's uh, two things that I can think of. Uh, One is that, like, Schools or any any kind of space where there's people, whatever the the thing is at the time is always going to be talked about. So like in the Cold War, like well, I wasn't around in the Cold War, so you can. <laughs> you can <laughs> what, what would you like to know? Well, I'm just saying. I I look back and there's like um you know a lot of talk about like what is Russia doing and the threat of communism and like that that was a valid conversation to have. And so, like, I feel like um, also, like, so now we're living in a world where people are trying to work out sexual identity and orientation and all that stuff. Like, that, that is just happening in the world. And, and so those conversations, regardless of whether it's in curriculum and what's being taught, like, that's just going to come up. And so... So what I would say, to, by the way, I agree... But what I would say to that is, is, but why are we picking that to talk about? It is definitely, um, it's a cultural conversation, but it may or may not be based on actual data. But I will tell you what is actually happening right now. The, um, 
the Cold War just switched to a different company or country. Yeah. It switched to China. And it actually is a monster of our own creation. And this isn't an anti-China moment or, uh, or, or things like that. This is a, uh, we have some looming world issues that would, we should be discussing in schools right now. And for all I know, um, I don't know what they're talking about in modern problems or whatever they're calling social studies classes these days in schools and high schools. Maybe there's some awesome critical thinking debates going on and that's fantastic. But I suspect we're focusing on social, cultural, feel-good things instead of, well, what would happen if China invaded Taiwan? Or what happens if Russia wins? What, what does, how does that change the map of Europe? And is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? Uh, and what, what is that going to do to Poland? And how should the United States be involved in that? Those are geographical and interesting. Uh, these are real-life conversations that are, are, these are kids are going to be living in after we're gone, mm-hmm. you know, as they're redrawing the map. By the way, if you look at the globe right now, I'm old enough to remember that the European map didn't used to look the way it does today. Yeah, And mm-hmm. it certainly didn't look the way it did for me when, when my dad was a kid. Con- certain countries didn't even exist. But to me, those things are relevant. I, I am personally saddened that schools, I'm going to say it, teachers' unions are focusing on stuff that is horse hockey, that has nothing to do with our children's future instead of things that really are going to have to do with their future. And so that's my big question. Well, unfortunately, it does have a lot to do with their future, um, what they're they're pushing, because, I mean, if, if we're going to go with the trans issue, I mean, that literally affects their body and their fertility and everything for the rest of their lives. That's right. So unfortunately, it does impact them way more, you know, um, so, but, but we're pushing, we're pushing that or allowing that or, or, and, and by the way, again, maybe not, we just had, uh, an educator expert, uh, in our previous episode that, you know, let us know that it's not as, uh, scary perhaps in the classroom as some of us have heard or have thought, but if some of those conversations, people like me, you know, a reason I ran, was for parents to have more influence on some of those things being directed differently, changing the conversation about things that are going to matter in our kids' lives. The reality is, is algebra, and I'm not saying we shouldn't teach algebra, but whether or not my daughter finally catches on to algebra isn't going to be as important to her future as to what's happening in Asia right Mm -hmm. now. Right. And um, so, yeah. Yeah. So I'm only one data point. But my experience just with my kids in the school, they go to, uh, so I'll use my eldest as an example. Like we've had more conversations or she's brought up more conversations about what she's learned in her social studies and history classes about the war in Ukraine. And like she's she's actually current on current events like that because her teacher is bringing that up and then tying it into history and into concepts they're learning in social studies and in history. So I think in this social media age we're living in, like the teacher that just does something wildly inappropriate or teaches something or reads a book that's not appropriate will get the attention. Right. And the the history teacher that's just doing an awesome job correlating current events to like other moments in history isn't going to get blowing up on social media so that's that's a great point well then how do we um 
focus more attention on the positive rather than the radical negative? How do, how do we how do we highlight teachers that are doing it well instead of the ones that are making noise? Do they still have the 11 who care from care 11? The yearly thing? <laughs> I feel like those are always really good teachers. Well, the problem is like what works on, sorry. I'm, I'm thinking and not listening to the jokes you're making. I'm, I'm yeah. passionate and I'm going, yeah, that was funny, Jordan. That yeah. was. <laughs> sorry. I'm going to listen yeah. to it later and be like, that was actually funny. Why didn't right. I laugh? Oh, good. Um, you didn't miss it. Okay. Well, the problem is like the stuff that, that, works on social media not just social media but like news companies mm-hmm. news media is finding like the stuff that works and gets clicks is the stuff that gets people angry mm-hmm. and it, it might get them angry emotion. yeah it might it might get them angry for a good reason i'm not saying it's not legitimate right. but i'm just saying the feel good story about the history teacher isn't going to get clicks it's not going to get advertising it's not going to get revenue so it's just kind of like not worth their time right yeah, I'm afraid that might be true. <laughs> well, when I, I mean, when I, I mean, but I, I, I am interested in pushing the other direction. However, yeah, when too. I when I post on social media, it's always positive with a moral to the very best of my ability, and and I've made a decision that that's what I'm going to put out there. If I'm going to put anything out there, it's going to be that. If I have opportunity to focus on um, somebody shining brightly out in the world. I like to do that. I like to, I do it in the workplace. I'm a complainer in the workplace, but I'm also, <laughs> I'm also an edifier. I want to, uh, or there's another word, but, um, but I, I, I definitely want to point out uh, when positive things happen. And I think we need to fight. The reason why I ran and why I encourage other people to still be politically involved is because we need those positive voices. God knows the negative ones are there. I know you're all sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the the negative screaming and and the those things that bring the clicks. I I know you're. I know that's true. Um, I, you know, just on to that point. If I go through my news feeds, uh, whatever network feed I use or whatever I do, there's always going to be let's say twenty stories, and ten of them nowadays seem to be so and so get bashed gets bashed on Twitter for their comments. <laughs> and I go, so what you're reporting is, is you're reporting just a bunch of people's yeah. opinions <laughs> right. about somebody's opinion. That's not news. Yeah, yeah. Right. But that's what's that's what is being used as news now. That's what's being reported True. as news instead of um actual know, news. Well and we we so, criticize whatever. that, but like we click on it too. <laughs> yeah, we play into it. I, I do less. I really yeah. do less now. I go yeah. and so and so when I see so and so ripped on on Twitter, I know what I'm. I'm not going there. Yeah. And putting so on my tinfoil hat, <laughs> when they report that, they're basically like telling people like what to think. So, oh, he got right. ripped for that. Oh, oh sure. I'm not gonna. So this is something you rip people for, right? right. Yeah. So I'm not gonna think that way, right. and I don't want to be canceled. And right, right, right. right. exactly. exactly. Yeah. So it's basically like shaping how people think and erasing critical thought. Like, oh, well. What he said was valid. Maybe he didn't say it in a great way, right? But it was actually a valid point. And oh, wait, he has twelve other tweets, right? It's that explain further and yeah. the context of it and everything. Yeah. But they're just saying, like, nope, this is don't do this, otherwise you're going to get canceled too. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, maybe really what what this boils down to is we've gotten with social media and everything, we've just gotten so cautious with what we say. And we get so just 
you know, not wanting to actually speak what we think is truth maybe, but what makes, you know, everyone makes their own truth apparently. And so it, it, it probably just kind of points to that, Hey, we just need more face to face interaction with people and just realizing that we need to have, we can disagree in person and agree in person. You don't, it doesn't have to be over a Facebook post, you know? Right. Yeah. And even the need to like create, a counter narrative like i i used to st- i still struggle with this but like i used to struggle with seeing something said on social media that was false or um like not the complete side and then feeling the need like okay now sure. i have responsibility to present the other side like actually it's okay if i just don't say anything i could say something face to face if it came up in conversation but like this need right. to like i need to present my truth right like i'm not saying don't speak the truth. I'm just saying, like, don't feel like you have to take every opportunity to right. <laughs> to speak out. Right? You mean the world is not waiting on pins and needles to hear what I have to say? Yeah. Maybe Aww. me, but oh, well, thank you, you, you guys know. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Kidding. Yeah, You like all my posts. I mean, I was oh, verified no, wait, on you don't Twitter. like any of my posts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think it's an interesting question to come at, like, not just as maybe conservatives or liberals, but as Christians. Like, how do we approach our school system as Christians? And Dan, you know, pointed out, like, it's Babylon. It's it's not, they're not going to teach our kids biblical values. And if they're not teaching what you want to teach, then, yeah, I think you have every right as a Christian citizen in America to work towards what you want them to to teach your kid. Do you see value in that? And it kind of brings me full circle to the original part of the question is there, should we be fighting this fight? Should I, um, you know, I know, I know what, I think I know what people around me would say if I were to say, should I continue to be politically active and, and try mm-hmm. and do this? Or should we just, just gather our own as close to us as we possibly can and do the very best we can to mm-hmm. teach them what we know and just admit that this is the way it's going. There's nothing we can do about it. I, we, I mean, we have, a mandate to make disciples and part of that is changing the culture around us. And that doesn't necessarily mean dominating the seven mountains or anything like that, but um, you do have an influence and we, we are a part of this. We're not of it, but we're in it. And if we're going to make, um, if we're going to have influence, it might as well be positive, you know? Right. And um I don't necessarily agree with, well, Christian kids should be in the public system because otherwise, how are they going to see the light? Well, kids aren't supposed to be missionaries. Sorry. <laughs> but um, but if that's where God has, you know, your kids, then he'll give you the grace for it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a different thing for every person because you feel called by God to be politically active. That's great. Dan might not feel called to be politically active and that's okay too. Mm. It's it's not a core doctrine issue. It's what Holy Spirit tells you to do. Well, you should. Know, by the way, that's a real question for me because uh, I don't disagree with your perspective, Dan, on that. That this is Babylon and and all that. My my issue has always been, even as it related to the abortion issue, where you can't change you can't change people's hearts. Um, so mandating or making laws and so on isn't going to solve the problem. That's true. But if I can save a baby along the way, right? 
You know, that's what, yeah. so therefore I stay, I remain politically active. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And even, it is all about relationship too. Right. Yeah. 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 And even if the influence changes just one tiny thing or one person, it's still worth it. Right. That's you know? right. Yeah. It might not be, it might not be seen as worth it with all the, the time and work <laughs> put into it, but it, it is worth it. So. So yeah. Jay, Brian, you mentioned in another episode a while back that part of what we're struggling with, with this culture war, if you want to call it that, is that um, we lived a certain way in America for a long time and people had shared values that were more in line with each other for a long time. And that's kind of disintegrated more recently. I mean, it always has, but like now more than ever. And so you have this feeling of a loss, like now we don't have the shared values and so now like sure. a lot of a lot of things like values that people just took for granted and that just went with the flow and the momentum of culture we don't have that going for us anymore correct and so like there is you could say more work that would have to be done um on our side and i think um i would agree like we still have a role to play in in influencing um i i think for me, what I try to be careful of is saying, like, I need to win this war of influence. Like, yes, I want to influence where I'm allowed to have a voice. I want to have a voice where God gives me that space. But I'm not going to fall into the trap of thinking I have to win this. And if I don't win this, then stuff is really getting bad. Like, as right. long as God gives me influence, then I'll speak. And But we can't count on that influence to be there. Right. That's interesting. That actually is a little bit helpful for someone like me because you can, um, uh, defeat can look differently and victory can look differently than, than you think. Yeah. And when it becomes about winning, you can almost justify anything to win. Like, oh, that's correct. This is is moral. This is righteous. And then like anything's on the table. And down that road. Yeah. Yeah, That's true. Yeah. That's very interesting. We've got a couple more minutes left here uh, as it relates to the way kids are learning today. Is there anybody in this room whose kids come home with Chromebooks? Yeah. Not a fan. Not a fan? So, and, and you know, you're technology, technologically um, affluent. Mm-hmm. And so I would think that that would be something that you would at least have a pretty good understanding handle on. That would be correct, right? What is the, what is the downside of... Um, uh, let's just call it technological education. Um, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say there's, at least in our home, because we've set pretty strict boundaries around that that technology, like the Chromebook. So when it comes home, like all the homework is done in the living room. So, you know, you can't be on a screen 
in your bedroom late at night, like, and you you have a timer. So like we set a timer for 30 minutes or 60 minutes. Yes, you can work on your, on your homework or write your novel that you're working on. I think just, just the feeling of like, like we don't give our kids phones, but the fact <laughs> she has to have this thing, mm. she has to bring it home and do homework on it. It's like, I just, as long as possible, I'd like you to not have to deal with screens and the internet and Whatever. And I think you're right, by the way. We we were wrong. We went a different direction, but I, I think you're right uh, as it relates to, you know, technology in our kids' hands and so on. It can rob children. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can I can tell you the day that our daughter's life changed, you know, to down a different direction was probably the, uh, Christmas a couple of years back where she got her phone. You know, so that was, uh, could be even way more transparent than that. But anyway, that was a mistake. Um Anyway, that was very interesting. As it relates to Chromebooks and so on, Chromebooks come home, uh, the way that we used to study no longer exists, as near as I can tell. I, I, I believe study happens, but, um, you know, obviously uh, working on a project and going to the World Book Encyclopedia for all kinds of reasons, that doesn't happen anymore. And honestly, I miss those days because I used to love to look for stuff and, and that. And, um, you know... Uh, so-called, anytime you hear somebody say, well, I've been researching and I just kind of snicker because <laughs> I know what that means. Mm, you know, I was, I was scrolling for seven or eight minutes and then, right. then I wound up, you know, doom scrolling and then this happened and then that happened. And, yeah. But, um, but as it relates to the Chromebook part of it, um, I can tell you that just for our experience in our house is our daughter struggles with that. And it doesn't seem like every class is the same. Like um, this goes to a certain type of a, of a Google Doc, and this goes to something else, and um, and if you haven't had this experience yet, maybe it's something that you will one day. But it's um, it seems like there isn't a lot of continuity mm. between the two classes. Mm. But when COVID ended, and to put it differently, when the lockdown ended, uh, we uh, continued on with the exact same way of teaching. Yeah, so it's more convenient for teachers. Yeah, our <laughs> kids don't have snow days anymore because when it's a snow day, they just do online mm-hmm. learning. Which it, I, I don't know about your house, but in our house, it's not learning. It's not. It's not the same classroom. Yeah, it's experience. actually just a few hours of homework, so it's not even like a full online day with a teacher talking for eight hours. It's just. So I know that that's a financial thing because yeah. the school actually gets money if they can say that they were in school. Uh, and so that, which infuriates me because it's not school, but, uh, I don't, I don't feel like our kids are getting the same experience. And if that's the case, uh, then what are we producing? You know, as, um, when a child does finally graduate and all that stuff, can we be, can we assume that they got the same education that you three got, or did you three get the same education that I got? And I'll bet you my education is way closer to yours than yours is to our oh, to our kids oh, right well, now. Well, even when you were talking about Chromebooks, I was like, we had so many filters on the computers at school. Like, we literally could not look at anything other than what the teacher, like, wanted us right. to Certainly. look at. Sure. And, like, there was no way that they had enough money to buy laptops for all the kids and send them home with them. And it's just insane. I, I can't even lap- imagine. And Wikipedia was now. not a good source. We could not use Wikipedia no. as a source. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I too, just struggle with the whole, like, 
I need to know a fact, so I'm just gonna Google it. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not even talking about like the actual truthfulness or the factualness of the information they're looking up, or or the other side topic of they could find some information that's like not helpful or inappropriate. But just like I need to know something, Google it. Like even even in our family, I when my kids ask me a question about like some random fact, like. Right. I go well, to ask Google? Siri, yeah. yeah, but then I'm like, no, we let's not do this. I don't know if it's healthy just to like know everything. Well, that does take away critical thinking because yeah, if you just right. think about it for a little bit and you can maybe figure it out on your own and that yeah. helps your brain to like think through, critically think. So I have to ask a question and my wife, if she's listening, she knows what I'm about to have everybody do. Oh but could it, does everybody have their phone with them? No, yeah, hang on. I don't. I don't I'm not that attached to it. <laughs> That's weird. She she had it first. Everybody, she yeah, did. She did. Yes, <laughs> could you open? I can up, confirm. Could you open up your web, weather app for for um, we're uh, taping this in Elk River or we're recording it. We don't tape anymore. I have to tape. So, um, everybody, what temperature is on your screen right now for Elk River? Twenty-eight. Twenty-nine. Thirty-one. Twenty-eight. <laughs> Okay, wait a minute. And we are, are we not like six feet apart from each other, which is not for COVID reasons. We just are. Okay. And then can you scroll down to um, sunset? Oh, yeah. Where is it? Yeah. 614. Does everybody have 614? 615. 615. Okay. It cannot be a different sunset for you. (laughs) All right. How about this one? This is my favorite. Wintry mix. It says 1.65 inches in the last six hours. Anybody else? I mean, I've got 0.5. <laughs> well, it's just, uh, mine is just telling me one to three, the forecast. Yeah. I don't yep. know what Same. you've gotten. Okay, and, and then it, my next one is 2.8 inches is expected in the next 24 hours. Yeah. One to three. One to three. Okay, so I just want to, we are, we are six feet apart from each other. We all have uh, similar devices and so on. We trust what what it's telling us and we make decisions (laughs) well this is and i just picked the weather one but um that 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 makes me mad well that was really good but it makes me mad because i mean you you, and made me think of it when you said wikipedia i i just go well i I, we all know that that's that's silly information but here's a fun trick uh download a different browser other than google i use a cozia there's Duck, like duck, Safari or Go Duck Go or what? Yeah, what is that one duck, called? Duck, go, I think. But yeah. if you look at, um, for example, oh Bill boy. Clinton and oh. Ghislaine Maxwell oh, on Google, oh boy. <laughs> information is pending. Came up when something broke about Ghislaine Maxwell talking about Bill Clinton being a friend. If you look on a, oh, Ecosia, a whole bunch of articles came up. So that happened. That was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's just. I just realized I'm mean, pronouncing her name wrong. Yeah, what did you, I, I what did you call? I, I don't want to say. Like, <laughs> like Giselin or something? Like, I, I did not know it was that. I just was like, that one lady. It's I think French. it was like Gasoline. Yeah, I guess. So, Gaslighting. Maybe, maybe to bring it all full circle, if in fact we are living in a world that's relying more on technology mm-hmm. for our education, we're screwed. Or for, for, or for, for ourselves, even for our daily lives. And if we are trusting that same technology in our schools, are we. Are we, what are we, are we seeding uh, even our common sense uh, as it relates to the upbringing of our children for those eight hours every day when we're not with them? 
Well, it brings my mind back to when you said, I don't need to know geometry or algebra because they now have things for houses right. where they can measure it and mm-hmm. they just tell you what you need. Well, well yeah, but somebody had to, <laughs> you know... Um, Figure out the algorithm. Yeah, figure yeah. out that. You know? I think yeah. it's so fantastic. That's at least one thing that's. Well, that's yeah, what I'm saying. I still want people who know how to do that. In case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think, and Doesn't I think have to be everyone. You are so, valuable. <laughs> but you should get. You should get to a certain point, and you I know that loved. in homeschooling you can do this. But right. You should be able to get to a certain grade, and you go, okay, well, this isn't your gifting, right? Yeah. But right yeah. now, my daughter. And it is not her gifting. It's not mine. It's Renee and Josiah are very good at, you know, Josiah is good at algebra and two, three, mm-hmm. trig, all that stuff. But uh, but I could never help Olivia through it. And Renee's getting to a point where she's going, I'm not sure even where they're heading now. So here's a girl that still has to go through this and then algebra two. And then the next thing, oh. and this oh. is never, I mean, I'm not, this isn't a curse I'm putting on her, but this is our system it's not her thing like yeah. if she's not gonna go into that field why bother I, I like don't know. yeah i get that's that's why i'm homeschooling my kids because i'm like i can tell what their gifting is pretty early maybe i don't know it's well, a little we'll unsure about we'll see Stay tuned in 30 years. Yeah. Emery might be an engineer. He might not be. I ask you a question from that one podcast. But, I mean, it's a valid, like, we waste all of this time on on these subjects that these kids, they're not going to become, you know, whatever subject they're doing, they're not going to They're not going to be designing that program to make it so that some other guy can figure out how many squares go on the roof. And so it would make more sense to me if they did that like in college, like in generals or whatever, so that they could... Oh, man. I agree. I don't know. I just... Not for me. I I didn't go either. Did you go? I did. uh, And I dropped out uh, my first year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because the biggest thing now I hear about people talking about college is... So obviously the expense... It's like you can take ballroom dancing, you know. And it's like, at what point does that make sense for you to just take that class that you're paying for in college? Anyway, that's probably totally different. So, yeah. Wow, that'll be that'll be part that'll three, be part three of our education episode. I am we, not paying for college. The twelve. If that is what my kids are taking, I'm sorry. They no, can exactly. pay for themselves. <laughs> so we promise at the beginning of these two episodes a freewheeling part two conversation. This was freewheeling. It is fair to say that we went this in seven or eight different directions. The wheels are off the track. Maybe. We, we maybe even will come up with a different title. But I just want to thank all four of you for the opportunity to talk about um, education uh, today. And I uh, look forward to the next opportunity that we can all be thinking well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thinking Well. We hope that this will lead to fruitful conversations in your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with the latest and to join in the conversation surrounding faith and culture, follow us on Instagram at Thinking Well Podcast. Thinking Well is a production of Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information about Living Waters, visit livingwatersmn.org.